0: I am so excited for my next guest today, Heidi Rome, because she's not only become a dear friend of mine, she also has one of the most beautiful stories to share. And it's actually not even about her. It's about her nonverbal autistic son, Ethan. But first, a little bit about Heidi. Heidi is an internationally recognized expert on the autism journey for mothers. She's also an autism mom coach and founder of Moms Spectrum Oasis. She's also the author of the beautiful book, You Just Have to Love Me, Mothering Instructions from My Autistic Child. In this book is the incredible story about the profound conversations she had with Ethan when he was only 11 years old and how through typing, he describes his own experience of autism as a spiritual journey. I know that this story is going to touch your heart in a way that you probably have never been touched and could maybe even give greater awareness of why we may go through what we do in life. So uh, let's go meet Heidi Rome and hear this incredible journey she's been on and how she's now the messenger to bring this greater message of Ethan's to the world. Hi, Heidi. Thank you so much for joining me on That's My Irony today. This is such a pleasure and honor to have you share the incredible story that you have about Ethan, which I explained a little bit in the intro um, before you came on. But um, I just, well, also I want to say, I love the fact that you were just, you just gave the most beautiful interview on Sense of Soul podcast. Uh, fellow friends, podcasters, Shanna, Shanna and Mandy. So anybody listening, please go check out Sense of Soul to hear the even greater in-depth story that we're, um, because we're going to go into a bunch of different areas, I believe today, Heidi. (laughs) Sounds good. Yeah, as you know, we kind of just take it where it's meant to go. And I do believe that this is meant to be a beautiful divine conversation. But why I was bringing up even sense of soul is that there is a divine myrony. Because again, myrony are the crazy coincidences that happen in life that we can't explain. And one of the hosts, Shanna, also has an autistic son whose name is Ethan. Which, crazy. what are the odds that you both would have sons named Ethan with also you know, the, the challenges that they've gone through? But what we're going to share today is that somehow their higher selves chose those challenges. And so to to explain to the audience a little bit, I know you're also in New Jersey, which we have a myrony because I'm from New Jersey, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I I always love that, you know, I'm in San Jose, California now, but you know, uh, I'm a Jersey girl, so I know. I know you were originally born in. Was it Brooklyn? Is that Brooklyn. where you were born? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're, but you now you live in New Jersey. So when we first met, um, we met through an incredible networking group uh, through Jeff Culver known as the Zula. And when I heard your story. Um, which we're going to go into in just a moment, but some, there's a reason why it resonated even more with me, because I had experienced another child story that I felt the same thing as the message that your son gave. So for the listeners, let's, um, let's go into first the story behind your incredible book, You Just Have to Love Me.
1: Okay, yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, the, the
1: book is is about my journey with my younger son, Ethan. I have two sons. My older guy, Eric, is neurotypical, he's 18, and Ethan is 15 and has severe autism. So not only does he, not only is he on the spectrum, but it's the end of the spectrum that doesn't get a lot of attention most of the media focuses on uh, the, the uh, part that a lot of people know about. And they, there are TV programs like The Good Doctor that focuses on someone. He's on the spectrum, there's social awkwardness and he's, he's a genius. Uh-huh. And certainly there are many people you know, like him in the world who represent you know, a, a part of autism. But Ethan is on that other end and that doesn't get a lot of the publicity. And so he is nonverbal, virtually nonverbal. He has a few words. Um, he has uh, what's called stereotypy, which are certain behaviors that are associated with autism. And you may have seen people who flap or rock or do different things repetitively, uh, which is a way for the brain and body to try to regulate itself. Um, but he has certain behaviors, so he has, he's on that end, and so the journey with him has been a tough one. And I go into the detail, you know, from the beginning signs to diagnosis, and being what in what I call the uh societal tragedy narrative of autism that just all the messages we're getting unconsciously from every angle that this is terrible. This is a tragedy. This is something that you need to cope with and deal with and fix it if you can. And take on what I call the myth of the good mother, which is if I'm a good mother, I will figure this out to help my kid and make him normal. And if I don't figure that out, I am failing at my job. And what value do I have if I'm failing at this critically important job where the stakes are so high? His life is on the line. So it's a very difficult treadmill to be on, to want to deal with, fix, and do everything possible that you can imagine or that's thrown at you as an option to try to fix this. So tough journey, Um, lots of ins and outs, different educational, approaches to autism, therapeutic, medicinal, you know, pharmaceutical, all kinds of stuff. Um, Been there, done that, or considered being there or doing that. And we changed schools with Ethan. We had started at um, a behavioral focused school and that was fine until it wasn't. And it became a nightmare for another time. We changed schools. And this school offered many alternatives, including different assistive communication techniques and devices for kids who are nonverbal. And one of the things they offered was facilitated communication, which goes by different names, supported typing or spelling to communicate. Um, It happens to be controversial, at least in this part of the country, because there is some light touch involved and the suspicion comes in, is that really the kid doing the typing, or is it even a well-meaning therapist or teacher who's influencing the communication and that the communication is theirs, not the person doing the typing, which of course is a huge red flag, terrible thing, don't want to be doing that. And so All to say we won't, that's a huge subject. Many of your listeners are gonna get into a tizzy on this subject. Um, I will just for here and now say that we were very suspicious too, did a lot of due diligence and questioning around it. The most important thing for us was that we asked Ethan questions that only he would know the answer to that the uh-huh. teacher would not know the answer to, do influence in any way. So for example, what color is your room? Uh-huh. And he typed, the walls are blue, the ceiling is white. The teacher would have no idea about right. that. So we felt comfortable, um, I'm condensing the, the story there. And through this school, now, mind you, the whole, until he got to this school, our, relationship with Ethan was based on the fact that we thought he has severe autism, he is intellectually impaired, he doesn't understand or know or care about anything that's around him or what we do or say, and it was a very heartbreaking place for us to be. When he was five years old, I brought him into New York for evaluation at what was then a world renowned autism center, and after several days of testing, they told me that when he was five years old that he had the mental capacity of a five-month-old baby. Wow. And I, I cried for a week at least over this because it was just the most horrific thing to be hearing and it completely influenced Ethan. Until fast forward we go to this school and all of a sudden he's typing things that what where is this coming from and to give you a, a quick examples so that people understand the impact of of the main story is that his first week there um, and we knew he knew the keyboard but you know to copy things is is not creative expression so yeah he knew the keyboard but okay no big deal we thought um his first week there the teacher called me and said i wanted to tell you about an exchange with ethan exchange. Now, when you have an autistic child, you don't want to be getting phone calls. (laughs) Right. Because it's not going to be good news. You know, something bad happened. He bit somebody, something terrible. And so I go, okay, what? She said, well, it was his first week in school. And I said to him, Ethan, you're here a week now. Can you give me three words? How do you feel about your new school? And she told me afterwards, she only asked for three words because she didn't want to overwhelm him. And there was a big contrast between the old and the new school. So she thought the three words are going to be big, busy, loud, colorful. You know, she very different from the old school. The three words that Ethan typed were basking in joy. Wow. And... Now I, I smile, I tell you this, it gets a reaction, but I have to tell you, I was floored. Right. Because on one hand, oh my God, that's who talks like that? Right, exactly. <laughs> what? And who uses you know this language? You know, I was an English major, so okay, you know, I, I, I can appreciate those words, but who goes around talking about basking in joy? And so But also this had the mental capacity of a five month old baby. What's going on here? Are they fooling me? Is this the deception that we were so worried about? But it was the beginning of conversations with Ethan through the typing continually, consistently that, wait a minute, this child has been locked in and now, has an opportunity through this technique to emerge. I'll give you one more tiny example. I went into work with him, and this was about uh, five years ago, he was 10 years old. And the the typing um, practice is very boring stuff, like any practice, it's like practicing scales. So it's, you know, repeating typing the obvious. So you say something like, Ethan, the leaves on the trees are green. What color are the leaves are they green or purple or you switch it up purple or green because some people with autism tend to echo and, and so let's see does he really understand and he would consistently type correctly and we were this was the practice so i go in and this was um, about five years ago he was 10 years old and i tell you that because the teacher said to me what does ethan like to do every day what well, we'll type about everyday things and i said Well, in the evening he likes to watch the news Uh so now nobody wants to watch the news (laughs) you know covid whatever but you know then that's what he liked so the teacher says to him ethan mom says you like to watch the news why do you like to watch the news and he types i'm interested in global things okay Why are you interested in global things? She says, I'm interested in conflict. So, mom over here, you know, I'm listening, I'm watching, I'm all this, and I get nervous. Why is he interested in conflict? Is he a criminal? What's that about? Oh, no. It won't shock you to know, Alicia, that Ethan will not type with me. (laughs) You're not shocked, right? Because, and I actually have a video of this conversation with him. Um, I said, Ethan, I really want to type with you. And he verbally says, no. (laughs) No, mommy, no. I said, oh, come on. I really want to type with you. I'll give you the iPad if you type with me. I'll give you an Oreo cookie if you type with me. Uh No, no, why not? why won't you type with me what does he type with the teacher you're too tense <laughs> I laughed I was like you're right buddy I am because I, I you know I'm with oh what do you want to tell me <laughs> okay yeah. <laughs> so he's like, go away, mom. So it won't shock you. So, but, but the teacher's cool as anything. So she says, so here I'm reacting, oh, why is, uh, why is he interested in conflict? She says, that's so interesting, Ethan. Why are you interested in conflict? Uh-huh. And he types, I have ideas for peace. Wow. She doesn't miss a beat. She says, really, that's very cool. Can you give us an example? And Ethan typed, let people make their own decisions. Don't make them fight if they want peace. And I'm listening, I witnessed this type, I see it it's right there in front of me. And I think to myself, she didn't type that. Right. Ethan typed that. That was from his own wisdom. And so that was the kind of thing, there are more examples, but that was an example. Even with though, all this amazing support and this way to communicate, he still would have meltdowns. Mm -hmm. He still was very physically dysregulated. He was putting his head through the walls of the house. The beams of the house were showing from the shattered Oh. Masterboard. board it, it was it was horrible we brought him to have an mri to check that he hadn't detached his retinas from continually hitting his head oh and my goodness it was it was really hard and we would say to him afterward with you know we'd be with the teacher we'd say ethan why are you doing that why are you hurting us why are you hurting yourself and because he would cry afterward
0: uh-huh.
1: and he typed i can't help it And we didn't know what to do for him. We had tried everything and nothing was soothing him. So we made the gut wrenching decision at that point that he would go to a residential school for kids with severe autism, nonverbal kids, um, so that he could get the 24/7 support that he needed that we just could not provide to him and keep him safe. And I knew I'd be losing the typing because they would have none of it. It's controversial, they, they would have none of it. And he won't I with me. <laughs> and so I knew I'm losing access to this. I'm just gonna go in more often now and just get in as many sessions as I can to get to know him that much more before I lose this. And the conversation that is at the heart of the book, that is at the heart of the work I now do, took place about a month before he was gonna be leaving. And I went in that day, it was like any other in the teacher's little airless office. And I had no idea that that day was gonna be so different. And I'm with Ethan and the teacher and his aide. And I say to him, you know, Ethan, I know you enjoy going to the special needs service every month I realized though I never asked you, what are your thoughts about God? Mm -hmm. And this conversation is Ethan's response to that question. So Ethan typed, God is in my heart and he will always protect me, Alicia. I was not expecting. <laughs> I mean, Ethan had already typed lots of good stuff. I was not expecting that one, right? <laughs> so I reacted. Uh, uh, <laughs> Did he tell you that, Ethan? When I lived in heaven, he told me that. Mm. Do you remember that time? When I lived with God, I wasn't named Ethan yet. What was your name? I was not to remember it. I had many before. Do you remember anything from that time? And at that point, Ethan said verbally, no, thank you. He typed, we should talk about it when nobody is here. I said, well, Ethan, who should leave? Should Lisa, the teacher, leave? And he verbally said no. So Lisa said to him, should mom leave? And he verbally said no. And there was one more person in the room, his aide, Kyle. Kyle was a sweetheart. Because of Ethan's severe behaviors, we always needed a strong young man with us to keep everybody safe Uh in case of an outbreak. And he was a nice guy, but he was skeptical about the typing and Ethan felt it. Uh So I said, should Kyle go? And Ethan verbally said a word that's difficult for him. He said, yes. So Kyle left the room and Ethan continued to type. I remember life with no body. When you go to heaven, There are no bodies, just spectacular energy. Did you choose to come here as Ethan Rome? Yes, I picked to be me and have many challenges. Did you pick us as your family? We were family before, we didn't live here. We lived in a small group, but got hurt by warriors. Why did you choose to come back with challenges? I will be greatly rewarded in eternity. Is there anything we should do to help you? I have to complete my journey as prescribed by God. Does it feel longer than you thought it would be? Yes. The journey is unfathomably longer <laughs> than expected. He was 11. Wow. I had to ask him again what should we do to help you on the journey? You just have to love me, and that is your job. The rest is my job to do.
0: Wow. And that's why the book is. You just have to love me. Oh, well, your book is so phenomenal. I actually just put a review on Amazon saying that everybody should read this book. It's not just for autism. It's literally for humanity. And uh, in our private conversations, as we've gotten to know each other, you know, I truly believe that you are a messenger for, for Ethan's mes- message for the world. And um, one of the things why your story, your story was almost validation of something that I had felt. And I know I had shared this story with you, but for the listeners, there is a friend of mine who uh, had, a, had a daughter who um, had Myers syndrome. And Myers syndrome was this genetic and it's a rare connective tissue disorder and extreme pain. I mean, I can't even get over how many um, surgeries this poor girl went through and she passes away at 16 years old and um, I actually never met her, um, but something inside me said I needed to go to her uh, um, uh, celebration of life. And it was, it was the strongest feeling. It was like, no matter what, you cannot miss it. And so I, I get to the, um, to, the, to, to the celebration of life a little bit early and I'm talking to her father, Eric, who was a coworker of mine. And, and, and what's even more interesting, I mean, even though I, you know, I liked Eric as a person, again, it wasn't anybody that like I was so super close, like what is really truly calling me to go to this event? And, um, and I tell him about the book, Many Lies, Many Masters by Dr. Brian Weiss. And as so many people know, in this podcast, I feel like that's such a huge piece to this puzzle of, of life is that somehow we choose everything that we go through. And so I, I, I tell him about this book and I said, would you like to, would you like to read it? I'll bring, bring it by the dealership, um, you know, and, and if you'd like to check it out. He said, yes, I love that. So we go through, uh, I, I hear the story of this of this girl. And I, at some point I get like, almost like a flash of lightning hit me. I said, oh my goodness, she's an ascended master. She came to earth as a teacher. And for some reason, she didn't have to live her entire life like this. Because apparently this girl was so would give the most profound messages, kind of like Ethan, where you know, um, I think her dad one time asked her, you know, uh, you know, do kids make fun of you? You know, I'm like, yeah, but they don't understand. And and even down to the point where, um, no matter what she went through, she never, she would always say it's okay, you know, that there, there was never any problem, even down to apparently when she was dying. So I, that's okay, you no longer have to take care of me. The most selfless, beautiful, I could not get over what I felt in this room, but also when it hit me as to who she was. And so what was so profound after that was that a week later, or less than a week later, and what's even funnier is I was planning on bringing this book uh, the day before but um, it ended up happening when I did bring this book. I had just said to, to some people, well, I'm going to go do my good deed because I seem to just give these books to everybody. I've given over 300 of Dr. Brian Weiss's books personally to people. And I get on the highway and I'm not kidding. I'm not even on the highway for five minutes. And this truck pulls in front of me. And I even said, well, actually, it was to the side of me. It was, it was to my left. And I was like, oh my goodness. And I knew I needed to capture a picture, but I'm like, you're driving, you know, you're not supposed to be taking pictures while you're driving. That's pretty stupid, right? And I even said, I, I, I spoke to God. I was like, hey, if you want me to get this picture, you, you gotta do something here. And cause I'm about to get off the ramp and, and go to where I'm going. So I'm not even gonna be on the highway for very long. And then this truck moves directly in front of me and I capture the picture. And then the picture had the name Miranda on it. And that was the girl who passed away her name. That was one of my biggest like um, ah ahas of like, you know, you trust those gut instincts, trust, you know, why are you like, why am I giving these books? Why am I doing what I'm doing? You know, whatever. It was such a beautiful sign for him to you know, as almost validation. I mean, what are the odds of that, right? What are the odds that that level of divine timing could happen? And what's even funnier is that there was a there, for some reason, and it was an electrical company, Miranda Electric. I don't even know. I mean, it was so strange. It was like Miranda, like that's not a that's not a common name, right? And so what's even funnier, well, I found this funny, Divine, or I found the Myrani in this is that for some reason it had like a cart attached to it. So it didn't have the the phone number. And he later, a couple of years later, he sees this truck, captures another picture of it. And in the phone number has the number 829. And 829 is the day my dad passed away. And I was just like, so the myrony got bigger and bigger (laughs) but what was so incredible why i wanted the listeners to hear this this story is that i believe that was messages that was sent from you know above and now here's your son alive giving the same message in a different way right And I thought that was so, like, I never heard anything like it. And that's why when, you know, we were, we were talking before we started, you said for, you know, like that I understood on this, like this almost higher spiritual way of like really understanding this level of this message. It's because I felt the same thing witnessing when I had this experience with Miranda. Well, Alicia. I don't think you even realize there's
1: another level going on here <laughs> that you don't even realize right now. And, and I love is, it. <laughs> this I know, isn't this fun? My older son, Ethan's brother is Eric. Mm-hmm. So this, this same name as, Miranda, as Miranda's dad. Oh my goodness, yes.
0: <laughs> right.
1: So family, the thing of family also I think it's fabulous that the the phone number that you ended up finding out the 829 and the link to your dad,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I, when when you told me this story just now, when I'm listening to this story, you had told it to me before, but it, it didn't occur to me. Now, when you told it to me, what just hit me like whoosh, was you saw that truck She was thanking you for giving her dad the book.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. There were so many levels of what what that message was on so many levels. It's just so many layers there. Yeah. And so, and, and that's, and I, I brought this book up for, um, you know, in past episodes is the book signs, a secret language of the universe by Laura Lynn Jackson, the psychic medium and says, if you lost someone, ask for a sign. They love giving you signs. Right. I see signs all the time in freaking license plates. I believe I'm being given messages left and right because of license plates, but you know, it was, yes. what are the odds of that happening there are none there's just it's un no you no know? and actually brian weiss his
1: story mm-hmm. how did he get connected with all this you know he was a psychiatrist in florida i think or california florida he, he, yeah florida and because of his son Yeah. who had died yep. and in the linkage there i mean so we're talking. we're seeing fathers and their children your father and you yeah Amanda's father and her Brian Weiss as a dad to the baby this is amazing this is amazing and speaking of fathers at one point and this is actually an example from my book of the, the guidance of other you know other realms and i had been i had a meeting set up with Ethan for Ethan on his behalf at some point and you know, I was always worried and thinking and what about this and what you know what's going to happen and all this and I, so this particular morning i think later in that day i had this big meeting coming up around him and i'm thinking about thinking about it and i got up really early that morning to go exercise and it was still dark and it was you know winter and it, so it was dark in the morning and i'm and i pull out of the driveway and i'm going along and usually there's nobody out and it's know, yeah. and but when I pulled out, suddenly there's a car behind me and I'm like, oh, who is this? Like, what do they do? What, why is anyone else driving right now? Leave me <laughs> alone, you know? And so I drive away and they're still behind me. And then I go onto the main road there to, to go where I'm going. And I'm like, who is this car? Like, why, and why am I paying attention? They pull to pass me. And for whatever reason, I look at the license plate of this car and it happened to be, you know, a license it, one of those cars where the, the license plate has a light around mm-hmm. it. So I could read it because it was dark. <laughs> and the license plate had the letters KJE in it. And I'm lucky I didn't go off the road because my father who had passed by that point, his license plate began with, kje and wow. why would i even remember that was that he used to talk about having a mnemonic device to remember his license plate uh-huh. and it was king james edict he made <laughs> up and so i always remembered his license plate too because king james edict K-J-E. and then there's this car and i have to tell you it passes me and it's gone uh-huh. and i was like hi pop Yeah. He was showing up that day as the vote of confidence. You have a hard meeting
0: today. I'm with you. Those are, and those are the signs and those are the myronies. And that's what actually, I really believe myrony is, is those much greater signs from above that we, we are not creating them. We're not the ones, you know, I I know people want to say that we're we're manifesting everything. I think there's some things we don't manifest. I don't, you know, there I don't think we can be that creative, honestly, you know, because yeah. that's giving us so much more. I think that's giving us too much power in all honesty. You know, like I, I believe we are of God, but I don't believe we are God in that sense. You know, there, there are things that we just can't understand. And, and what I also love with your story as the messenger of Ethan's beautiful message is there's another book called Journey of Souls by Dr. Michael Newton. So after Dr. Brian Weiss, and for those with Dr. Brian Weiss, yes, he lost his first son in, uh, in less than, I think it was 23 days when he passed away. And the only reason he went into psychiatry was because modern medicine did not save his son. We never would have been given the wisdom that was brought out in those sessions if that hadn't happened. So maybe that was a sacrifice for something so much for for something so much greater. We have no idea. But if we can look at when we do lose, you know, especially at a young age, and why I uh, there there's the irony is last week's episode. I actually. my friend Danny Brown has a show, uh, has a um, a YouTube show called "The Story of You," and so he took over the mic and he interviewed me. And I actually brought your story into yeah, last week's episode because he also lost his little girl, three years old, mm-hmm. for a through a genetic uh, mm-hmm. genetic reason. And it's you know it's. We don't want to say that it was meant to happen. That's not what's being said at all. But maybe there's something even greater than what we can understand as to why anything happens in the first place. And that's where I think the message that uh, Ethan has to share is so beautiful and profound because in this case, he hasn't passed. He's here. He's here on a tough path
1: that he chose that he chose that he actually says with us. he, he wants to be in the family you know we were family before we didn't live here we lived in a small group but got hurt by warriors the soul group uh-huh. moving together you know in in different forms taking on different roles um and and i agree you know either, why did you choose to come back with challenges because you could say you know it's like as his mother, and when I, you know, he typed that, I was like, what were you thinking, kid? (laughs) Like, really? Did you really need to do this? Like, you couldn't ask me for, you know, but probably my soul agreed also. Like, all right. Yeah. All right. Really? Okay. There's something to learn, or there's something to do, or there's something to bring about. And I think I had shared with you a different time, Alicia, where, you know, and hey, I'm, you know, I am not a big shot here. Like I'm talking about hope and, you know, Ethan's message and choose love, not fear and all that amazing stuff. I'm a human. And, and I, I often go into fear and worry and what's going to happen with Ethan and what's going to happen when he turns 21 and where is he going to live and where is he going to be? And and is he going to be okay? And all that. And at one point I was working, um, with this woman who happens to do energy work and is a channel and does different things. And I was off the deep end in worry. I was absolutely not, it wasn't pretty. And it was was tough. And I was a mess and I'm crying and I'm all upset. Well, I have to tell you, Ethan's energy, his higher self Uh comes through with a message to me. Wow. Mom, dry your tears. <laughs> I am a master soul and all is well. Wow. I was like, okay then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so seriously, like who can cry after that because like, okay, snap out Right. Of it, right? And right. then another time, another woman who does channeling and, and talks to angels and does all this stuff, she sends me a message on Facebook Um, I know her through Pulver, Mm -hmm. you know, Carol, Gino. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Out of nowhere, she sends me a message on Facebook Messenger. I have a message for you from Ethan. I'm like, really, Carol? Like, out of nowhere? Like, what? (laughs) She says, yeah, the message for you is, again, Mom, (laughs) (laughs) your guilt is a burden I will not bear. Wow. And I was like, okay, buddy, I hear you. I hear you. That is so incredible. Yeah, yeah. And to go back to the beginning here, Alicia, that's why this message is not only for moms. It's not only for the autism community, although they I hope resonate with the recognition of what a big deal this is. It really is for any human being mm-hmm. who is in the trap of trying to change another person. Mm. Because
0: or, or feeling sorry for that person in the sense of, you know, whatever sorry. it is that they're going through. And it doesn't mean we can't have empathy and compassion. Oh, no. But You know, because in our, in our human, in our humanness, we, you know, we really do. We have only so much in the way of capability and, you know, stuff. But when we can connect to that much higher level of looking at things, it really does allow a lot to be absolved. And, you know, so the fact that you were told, you know, let go of guilt. You're not the one that's doing this. It's not,
1: it's not your job. Uh To fix me, it's not your job to fix the situation. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. As soon as you try to change another person, you're going to damage the relationship. You're putting the burden of your happiness onto someone else. And that's a burden they should not have to bear. It's my responsibility to make myself happy. It's not Ethan's job. Now, I'm his mom. If he's happy, of course I'm happy he's happy. But that's not the only factor in my happiness as a human being. Because each of us has our own purpose. Each of us has our own path. We can only be guide to another human being on their own journey. We are each the hero, the protagonist, the agent, of our own life. Even if you have autism, even if you have a genetic disease, even if you have any challenge, you are the hero of your own life and no one can step in nor should they try to live your life for you because they're not in their lane then and it's not their job and you will damage the relationship because that's disempowering. That's sending the message, you can't do it yourself. You can't live your life yourself. You're not enough. And your point about compassion is well taken. We need to be careful though with compassion that it's not pity. It's not poor you. Uh I'm in a better position than you. I'm better than you, poor you. That is not a healthy dynamic. Right. And, and you don't want to put someone else. That's power over someone, not power to. Power to live. The power to make the best choices given a situation. The power to choose love, not fear. We can only do that for ourselves. And that's why Ethan's message, you just have to love me changes the paradigm that so many of us are stuck in the fear-based paradigm oh I have to control everything or it's all going to fall apart it's like you're not that powerful <laughs> and it's not all about you
0: right exactly and you know when before um you received these messages were you did you accept the concept of reincarnation or was that something that Yeah, I mean,
1: I, I've always been open to that. I've always wondered about it. Um, You know, I totally, you know, not judgmental about it. And I never, it was, (laughs) that's for other people. Like, you know, fascinating idea in a textbook, fascinating idea if someone were to tell me that that was their experience, I would be like, wow, that's really interesting. That, that happened to you. <laughs> but absolutely saw no linkage between that concept with my own life
0: mm-hmm. or having any
1: impact on me personally. It, it was it was a disconnect. Mm. And, I, and separation. like that's
0: other people's thing. Okay. But you then know, when, was it when Ethan gave you the message that- Oh,
1: it, in space, because yeah, then all of a
0: sudden- what did you.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, like, like what? And really? And what's going on here? And it felt true. Mm-hmm. It, and, and it wasn't about, oh, I, I heard about this, I read about this, I, I've learned, you know, it was not the brain at least not you know the conscious mind it was a heart knowing it was a different access of of wisdom of of truth of for me tears not always i'm i'm, I'm emotional i'm sensitive and i'm empathetic so i i I have a lot of tears. I often cry at different things, for sure.
0: Me too, I'm always crying. (laughs) I'm always crying.
1: Because I feel all the feelings and things make me feel deeply and all that. However, there's another role my tears have that I've learned to honor as inconvenient as it may be sometimes, as embarrassing as it may be, as untimely as it may sometimes be, when very wonderful gift of the tears I've learned is that they are often my truth signal. Oh. If I hear something and I feel the tears, it's almost as if my body knows it's true before my conscious mind catches up. Wow. So when I hear something that, whoa, yeah, tears come, it's like, oh, I guess that's truth. It's a recognition of truth for me. Yeah, it may not be anyone else's truth. But you know, there's a wonderful quote, I think it's Voltaire who says it. Follow those who seek the truth, run from those who have found it. (laughs) Because anytime anyone deigns to tell you what the truth is wait a second that's their truth right and i want to hear it i want i want them to share it i want to see if if and what how much if any resonates with me but no one can know what is completely the truth for anyone else Right. Part of why I think we're all on this planet is to share our truths, to share our gifts in community, in an interconnected, cooperative, collaborative way of being. Way, the choice to connect through love without fear. I'm not going to lose myself, whatever that means, if I share my truth and it's not for you, or you share yours and it's not all for me. It's okay. It's okay. We can have our differences. We are each unique. As long as we come from love, when we choose from love, when we make decisions from the intention of love, there are no mistakes. There's, There's only learning. Yeah. And when you,
0: we can look at what are the lessons, what are the lessons we're meant to be learning?
1: That's right. And learn from other people. You know, Eleanor Roosevelt said, learn from the mistakes of others. You can't live long enough to make them all yourself. For sure. Uh Learn, learn from others, witness, be witness to others. And it may be some, you know, everyone's an example of what to do and what not to do, right? <laughs> One or the other, you know, some, some of us are what to do, some of us are what not to do, and sometimes we're both. Uh-huh. And that's okay, you know, but witness, be witness impartially, you know, what is here. What is? And that is your truth is Uh the acknowledgement of what is and that may be different for others. And how do we respond in the face of what seems different? You know, often so many of us in this, you know, people respond to to difference with hate, with fear. Hate is fear. So, oh, you're different from me. That's a threat, that's a threat. As opposed to the other view, the love view, which is difference, like in the Bible, difference is often a myrony, is often a signal, oh, it's different. I notice it's different. Pay attention. It's often a clue that holiness is present. The oh, I
0: love that.
1: <laughs> God is saying, you know, that one's not the way the others are. Right. That one's different. That's what happened with Moses in the burning bush.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He saw the bush that was not consumed by the fire. Now, the fact is, in the desert, you know, the time of Moses, and he's in the desert, right? There are burning bushes everywhere. It's hot and dry in the desert. Those plants are combusting everywhere. They're fire, you know, dust and fire and sand everywhere, right? Moses realized, though, with all the burning bushes, wait a minute. That one is not being consumed, that one is different. And he approached it and said, what's going on here? And that was where God introduces himself in the Bible. I am that I am. Wow. But it was difference that, igno- that, and Moses was different. Moses had a speech impediment. Moses was a social outcast because he had murdered somebody. Like Moses was a different kind of guy. <laughs> He was different, but, but the point here is when there's someone who's different, pay attention. And this is true in literature. This is not Heidi speaking, you know, this is Shakespeare. This is the great literature. When you want to hear the truth, who do you listen to? The fool, oh. do you listen to the fool or the child. You listen to the person who has no agenda, who is going to speak truth to power because it is what it is with no agenda. And that is the key. And that's why I don't think it's an accident, again, that Ethan, as a child, an autistic child, someone who's very disenfranchised, has no power. He literally cannot speak. Oh. He cannot advocate for himself. That is who to listen to. Absolutely, Who, who is speaking his, his truth. Ethan just shared his story, his truth. That's all any of us can ever do, is share it and invite others into the story, and you pick the chapter that works for you.
0: Absolutely, I mean, you know, it's like um, I, I think uh, it was also in Dr. Brian Weiss's book, uh, his last book, "Miracles Happen," that there was a um, there was a daughter who was very angry at God because his her mother. I think, suffered a stroke and, you know, had to be taken care of and all this. And and God speaks to her and says, why are you angry with me? And, you know, it's like, well, we put your mom in this position or put my mom in this position. It's like, well, she only had to go through this for a short period of time. She didn't have to go through an entire lifetime like this, you know, and, and so it was I think that was one of the first times that I had read something that resonated along that line. And then I had this experience where I felt this around the story with Miranda. And then I hear your incredible story around the message Ethan gave. And it's like, you know, all the, the message is a very similar message in the sense of like, you know, what it, what, what it is. And it really, is just coming from that place of love you know, over fear, because there are only two sides of the coin, love, fear, and everything in between. And, but I do think that when we look at love and fear, fear is where we can look from a place of compassion, where the other emotions are coming more from that, because we're not even able to accept the fact that it's coming from fear, you know, so it's like, we, we, we always have to have these, um, we have to have these opposites you know, because if we don't understand the one side, how are we going to understand the other side? You know, it's like, it's through the, it's through the ugly that we see the beauty. And, you know, it's just, it's just so powerful when we can come together. And, you know, that's what I hope with my irony, people can start sharing their stories more, people can feel that they can share whatever their truth is, you know, and, and I, I'm the first one that's going on my own record at this point, I've been putting it publicly out there. I can't explain what happened to me six years ago. That well, I can't explain my deceased father giving me a message about how I needed to believe in the Holy Family after I had become, I was just a total universe girl and um uh and had turned against God because of religion, because I couldn't put in that one way of thinking. God, I put God in a box of religion but only this one way of thinking. And it's like, well, maybe there's more truth if we start putting more of the pieces together. But it was this profound message I received from my deceased father who's like, no, it's like Taoism with the Holy Family. I believe the Holy Family is everybody who's doing God's work. You know, but I feel like I don't I don't know why, but for some reason 6 years ago I had this experience. I spent 24 hours with, a, with God's energy, you know, and I was given all this interesting, all these interesting messages. I can't explain it, but I can't deny it. So that has become my truth, and whether people resonate with it or don't resonate with it. But when we start looking at it from, yeah, we don't know all of the truth. But actually, if people start tapping into themselves, more and more will be revealed. I
1: believe. I I agree. And I think, you know, I'm hearing also in in our talk today and what you even just said, there's a, a pattern of parent-child connection at the heart.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: A parent-child communication at the heart of this, connection at the heart of this, of parent guiding child, child guiding parent and this beautiful reciprocity of, of giving and receiving, giving and receiving, which is love, right? It's all yeah. about love. And the reminder that in love, I know from my journey, and, and as I describe in the book, I, when I was making it about me, I was in pain. I was in fear. It was when I shifted my gaze to what does Ethan need? I'm talking now about the autism journey with him. Oh, wait a minute. He's having a hard time. Yeah, I am too, but right now let's focus on him. He's having a hard time. What does he need? That was, truly unconditional love at that point. And that's what opened up the gateway to more messages and more connection is when we make it, what do you need? And back to the example of God and the burning bush and, you know, Moses and all that, I am that I am. If you look at the Hebrew or the Aramaic of I am that I am, which is God's name. It's a strange infinitive form of the verb to be. So it's all existence. Mm -hmm. And there are no vowels, which in Hebrew are prepositions. So on next to above, below, you know, there's none of that. So there's no space, there's no time because it's an infinitive form. So there's no past, present, future, it's all time. And when God introduces himself to Moses, he says, I am that I am, I am the one who will take you out of slavery because the children of Israel were enslaved to the Egyptians at that point. So if you think about this, God's name, infinitive form, all time, no prepositions, so all space, all conditions, and I am the one who will take you out of slavery. What is slavery? It's the hardest possible situation you can be in. All right. It is no power over yourself, over your life, over your destiny. You are completely at the mercy of others. And God is saying, no matter what, no, no matter the time, no matter the place, no matter the condition, I am here for you. And I'm going to take you out of your hardest time Even if you don't think I'm here, I'm here. Wow. You are not alone. I am here for you. God's name is the definition of love.
0: Well, you know, what's really interesting, Heidi, is that I'm being guided to share a message, which you know what happens when that happens. And <laughs> <laughs> So for the listeners that may not know this side of myself, if you go also to Sense of Soul podcast and listen to my interview that came out on February 22nd, this shows where the these channeled messages came from, um, which was not, they were not channeled through me, but I'm guided to share them because um, I get this very strong pull. And the the irony is is this message was the anniversary of, it it came out on the day that I had this experience with God. It was May 10th. So it came out a year after, um, uh, a year after I had, or no, I'm sorry, two years after I had this experience, I had just met this woman and she started channeling these messages And, but this was like the first time that messages had been coming out. This was literally the anniversary of this experience that I had. And this is the message. All that is known is interpreted by those who receive what has been known and will be known through the spiritual awareness of the receiver. The truths that are embraced are but a mere pittance of that which is the full scope of my divinity and sanctification. Let not their limitations cause doubt in your mind. That which is to come is greater than can be imagined. Again, my word has always been and always will be. Lack of awareness provides for a limited path into the knowledge of that which is me. I, if that's not God, I don't know who that is. (laughs) So the divine irony of you know, it came out on this special anniversary date that I had this experience. Again, I can't explain it. I can't explain where that came from, but I also can't deny how powerful those words are. It's basically saying everything that we're saying in this conversation, mm-hmm. we don't know the whole truth. We need to open it up. We need to explore and be like, you know, why would we think that only one one way of thinking would be the only way of thinking, and so I feel that you being the the truly the messenger for your unbelievable son, you know, for for him choosing as a as a master um, as an ascended master to come back and and share this wisdom with you know humanity at this time. I hope that we're able to. You know, get this word out to everyone because the truth is, is the biggest message, the biggest message I was given during all of this was that life is good. No matter what, life is good. Even in the darkest, there is the light. And, you know, just keep moving forward with that and understanding there's so much more that we don't understand. But it's okay that we don't necessarily have that understanding, but all will be revealed when it's meant to be. So Yes, we
1: the, the human journey is to seek truth and and, and move forward always choosing love. Mm-hmm. That's why life is good. When we choose love, we see that. It's when we choose other that there's a veil. We don't see the goodness that's always there. And that if we push goodness away, there are terrible consequences of that because we're not living from that place. And every moment is the opportunity when things are hard, when it's tough, when life does not look good according to whatever earthly reason we have for thinking that those are the moments of opportunities those are the burning bushes in the desert that say you have a choice here which are you choosing which are you choosing and if you always say I'm scared but I'm going to choose love anyway I don't know which way to go but I'm going to choose love anyway life will be good
0: Oh, I love that so much. And it's also, why do we not think that God's speaking to us in this time? You know, God's always speaking to us. Yes. It's just that maybe the vision we have or the understanding of God, and I'm not saying I understand. All I know is that when God showed up, it was a very modern, cool energy. It was just like, why does everybody think I'm this old buddy duddy Like, I'm cool. <laughs> let's make God cool. You know, like, let's make God <laughs> fun. I was like, I'm not the one that's doing this to all you guys. You guys chose it too. There's there was, that was the concept of free will. So the fact that you know you have this incredible story to share is just it's been just such an honor, Heidi. So thank you so much for 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 sharing. Just I know you're meant to be this, this divine messenger to get this message to humanity on behalf of Ethan. Yeah, I,
1: and I have an ulterior motive. I, I wanna change the world and I want, I want the world to always choose love and not fear, not label people who are different, who are differently wired as less than or different than or strange or anything other than human. And if we can change the conversation to be, what are your gifts, oh human? And I'll share <laughs> mine with you too. And where are you? And let me meet you where you are. And what do you need? The way God does with each of us. I am here to take you out of slavery. I am over here for you and that if we always remember that, if we remember the first thing that Ethan typed in that amazing conversation, God is in my heart and he will always protect me. That was not just Ethan. Right. Each human being can say that and make choices from that hope and that love and that knowing.
0: Uh The world
1: will be different when we do that.
0: Oh. So much. I mean, and, and, and I, I want to join in that effort with you because I know the message I've been given is I meant to help people that feel lost in this world. Those that have lost sight of God. I had lost sight of God in the sense of, I never lost sight of a higher power but I had taken. I, I, I did. I turned against anything from the holy side and was like, oh, that's just dogma. It's like, If we can remove that, but still look at the beauty of what, you know, what's been put out in this world from thousands of years to what's coming out presently. God is always with us and is always being present. And all we got to do is just pay attention. And as you said, look at what's different. Yes. Recognize it. Connect to it. And uh, hopefully through that more and more people will be able to start seeing that for themselves and understanding that greater message of love. And also be, know that we are being shown these signs. These myronies are in all our lives. And I think that's one thing we, sh- we showed in this episode, all the level of how, how interconnected we all are. We are. And we are the ones we're waiting for. Yeah. This is it. We're the ones to make this all happen. Every human here. Absolutely. So, well, Heidi, thank you so much. We actually had no idea how far this conversation was going to go, but I think... Amazing. It was wonderful. It was absolutely amazing. I've been so honored to have you share yours and Ethan's story. So thanks again. And to the listeners, we'll see you next time. Thank you all for joining me on That's Myrony Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the Myronic stories shared today and possibly got you to connect to the myronies in your own life. As you listen to this podcast, you'll start catching signs that are so subtle but can have the biggest impact on your life. So pay attention to that inner voice and watch the Myronies appear in your life, just like the guest in my next episode. And please connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, and that's Myronie.com where you can share your unbelievable Myronies. Also, if you enjoyed what you heard and can take a moment to like, comment, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting platform, it would mean so much because that is how others are able to find this podcast. Finally, please also tell your friends and family about Myrony because wouldn't it be fun to see people share their Myronies on social media in addition to their selfies? And remember, if something happens that makes you say, well, that's ironic, it's not ironic at all it's Myronic. Now that's Myrony. See you next time.